Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. That's right, we are recapping the week's nerdy news from the Fortress of Solitude to the Daily Bugle and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always, Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, just disappointment from my standpoint. Disappointment? Because we did not get any last Ronin last week, even though we thought we were uh, thought it was coming in. So I don't yeah. know whether it got delayed a week or whether Funky Town just did not get their allotment or what the deal was. But I think I thought it was coming out this week. I thought it was last week. Huh. It's in the it's in our uh, comic comic rundown of what's coming out this week. Well, maybe I should have looked at that before I led the show off with it. <laughs> or maybe it was like a preview or something. Maybe maybe there was something that was supposed to come out last week, but could have been. But I don't remember seeing it. Well, then I'm very excited. Well, there you go. You can <laughs> yeah, anticipatory. Here we are. Um, here we are. Hey, you know where you here can find more now. turtles? Where can we find more turtles? Oh, that's a good segue. That's a good segue. I was gonna say <laughs> here we are now, but here's where we will be. Is gonna uh, be my segue. We were we trying go. to we were trying to over segue each other, but Steve. I will I will go along with your segue, and uh, anyone else, you just pretend this last ten seconds didn't happen. Hey, Mike, where can uh, you uh, find more turtles? Where can you find more turtles outside of a book called The Last Ronin? Well, last I heard, you can find some more turtles at the Syracuse Collectors Con, since there's going to be many, many uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles related guests there. Uh, there will also be oh. guests there that you're hearing talk right now. Uh, however, right. we are not turtle related or turtle adjacent no. in any way. Um, no. So you're telling me that people who have portrayed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are going to be in Syracuse, New York, and I could meet them if yeah. I went to Syracuse Collectors Con at the Horticulture Building of the Great New York State Fairgrounds? In two weeks. Is that what yes, you're telling me? indeed. What? Including actor Brian Tochi, uh, Robbie Rist, Ken Scott. What? What? Uh, the screenwriter of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Teenage oh. Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Todd Langan. Oh, uh, see, he knows the secret of the use, that guy. He does. He even, <laughs> he, he, he's the only one that knows it. Uh, <laughs> April O'Neil herself, Judith Hogue. Uh, Shredder uh, from the original, Francois Chow. And, uh, oh, wow, multiple, a couple comic-related ones as well, including Steve Levine and Jim Lawson, artists on the uh, the old uh, Archie comics. You heard it here, Turtles people. Get yourself to Syracuse Collectors Con, sponsored by Funky Town Comics and Vinyl, March 16th and 17th, the great New York State Fairgrounds. Tickets are on sale now. You can get them at Funky Town Comics. You can get them on the website. And I'm pretty sure you can just buy them at the door as well. I'm sure they won't turn you away if you show up and try to give somebody money to be allowed in. I'm sure they will let you in. That I would assume. Now, I That's did right, not Steve realize, I'm trying there. to figure out where Donnie is, because that is uh, Leo, Mikey, and Raph. Uh, so, yeah, we'll yeah. Uh, we'll figure out where Donnie is somewhere. Oh, yeah. and April. So. Yeah, there's an April. I also may have to find a way to get my son something autographed by Michelangelo, but I don't want well, to does, pay for is, it. So, <laughs> But does your son associate this guy with Michelangelo? Oh, absolutely like not in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Not in any way. Like unless unless your son sees a giant humanoid turtle write the name Michelangelo on a piece of paper, he won't. No care. connection whatsoever. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
like when I was a kid, I went to uh, a mall near where I lived that no longer exists to meet um, Michelangelo and Raphael, which were two, um, I don't know, probably uh, college kids in yeah. giant like foam mascot costumes. Mm -hmm. But to me, it felt like I was reading, meeting the real Ninja Turtles, all those clearly costumes. Oh, they 100%. couldn't move their mouths or, you know, really That's awesome. move much of anything. Or, uh, but I was just excite as excited as I would be if it was a genuine uh, mutated turtle. So I did not realize that the turtles have uh, officially outpaced the uh, Power Rangers as the number of guests there. Oh, it's it's turtle heavy now. It yeah. used to be Power Ranger heavy. Wow. Yep. So it's eight, eight versus six. Ooh. Oh, man. I want to see him fight. That's turtle. Let's settle turtles, this once and Turtles versus Power Rangers. Teenage Mutant Battle Ninja Turtles of the versus 90s. Mighty Power Rangers. Who wins? Oh, that'd be great. Who wins? That would be great. <laughs> all right. I think that's all the business we got. You come see us at uh, Collector's Con. I'll be selling comic books. Steve and I will be talking to you and um, about whatever you want to talk to us about, you know, podcast stuff-wise. We'll also have some, like, interactive, probably some voting things we're talking about having at the table. Um the results of which we will likely read on an episode of this very show. Yeah, and if you show up at the uh, the booth, you'll probably have a microphone in your face because why not? I'm going to be recording a bunch of stuff this week, that weekend. Yeah, yeah. You might record your thoughts on the event, your thoughts on anything that we happen to be talking about. So, and yeah, I will be coming in hot from a conference at uh, earlier right. that week. Uh, I'll be in Colorado Sunday through Thursday. At a Woo. Cub Scout uh, overnight Friday night, and then straight into Comic Con. My wow. brain is yeah. going to be toast. Toast, toast. All right, let's move on into some stuff. Before we get to our big stories, we have like three. Well, well, no, because we peppered a couple more in, so we we have a, a few big stories, all of which I feel like have the potential for us to tangent on and dig deep into. One thing I want to mention. Right off the top, this is a big nerd weekend, movie-wise, that uh, uh, Denny Villeneuve's Dune 2 came out this weekend. I did not go to see it. Um, I almost I was planning went to see, on going it. to see it. Yeah? I was planning on going to see it tomorrow during the day, which is my birthday. Um, but my uh, son has been sick with a fever all day today and a little bit of last night, so I can't assume he's going to go to school tomorrow. So I will not be able to see Dune 2. I hear nothing but incredible incredible things about it yeah that it's just outstanding i don't have you heard the same have you heard anything oh no you everything heard any negative things about dune 2 everything i've been heard everything i've been heard uh, anything has you've been, been heard <laughs> jesus everything i've uh, let's reset this everything i'm hearing is awesome <laughs> yeah same same um so even though like i thought the first was great it doesn't like i only watched it once um so I can't say that I'm like a fiery passion to see this movie, but um, I certainly love Denny Villeneuve as a filmmaker. So I'm excited to see it, especially if it's getting such a such great review. So no, yeah. uh, unfortunately, we are unable to go in, in a, a deep dive into the world of Dune 2. No, we can tonight, confirm but... from firsthand knowledge, though, Brian in the chat, as well as uh, Jesse, our uh, esteemed colleague over at Funky Town Comics right. and Vinyl, uh, went and saw it. Um, the other night, and Brian said it was very good, and Jesse hasn't responded, but I can only right. imagine he said the same thing. Great. Good to hear. Some first-hand uh, knowledge there. Something we can report on, something that we can dig into and talk about, is that the 
Much anticipated. Superman Legacy. Got a new title. And also got a new, at its first teaser image. Uh, the other day on Leap Day, February 29th, which canonically, I learned only recently, is uh, Superman's birthday, hmm. apparently. Uh, uh, James Gunn, on that day, James Gunn released a photo of the new Superman emblem, seemingly a picture taken, an up-close picture taken of the chest of the suit. Now, whether or not Dave Cornsweet was wearing a suit when this picture was taken, who knows? Um, it's just an up-close picture of the S emblem oh, on the blue suit, and there's also snow all over it, which is an interesting detail. Um, uh, and before we go into the rest of the post, uh, Steve, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but the emblem itself on the chest of the suit is definitely a different kind of design, I believe, than we've ever seen in a Superman movie before. It's very much of an Alex Ross uh, style for uh, like Kingdom Come similar. Like there's a lot of kind of straight lines on the S and less curves. It looks almost less like an S, although, you know, human beings who see the letter S all the time immediately and know Superman look at it and see it as an S, but I think it's easier to interpret it as something. What it was supposed to be. What it, yeah, like a Kryptonian just symbol. Yep. Um, which I think, I think that's probably what Alex Ross was going for when he designed that for Kingdom Come. But, yeah. uh, so it's still red and yellow, obviously red, yes, uh, red S on a yellow background, but also the border around the outside is yellow as well. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing like a kind of a pulled back view of it or like just like an official logo or the entire suit in general. Um, I was very excited to see this. I think it's something that sets it apart from stuff we've seen before. Steve, I know you're not as passionate necessarily about Superman as I am, but do you have any thoughts on this symbol? Does it seem, does it feel like Superman to you or is it just like. I mean, for the, for the infinitesimally small amount of anything we saw about it, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's unmistakably like you see the, blue outline with the red and gold logo and you know yeah. if you're in the culture like guys you know exactly what that is sure even if he could have zoomed in like 50 percent more and most people would have like in the know would have been able to pick out oh yeah that's yeah. the superman logo right so they're they're down the right path and also like you said i think um obtuse enough with it that it's not like the the blatant s that you would see on right. occasion too, which yeah. in my brain actually I like more. So, oh really? Yeah. I I think it's a more. I think it's a cool way to go with like more of a quote unquote modern kind of look or like an updated look, but yeah. at the same time, it's not technically updated because we've seen it in the comics for twenty years or whatever. So yeah. it's like it's a from a source material, so nerds will accept it. And also people who don't know that that's a used design can just say like, oh, they re they modernized the S. It looks good or whatever. You know, it doesn't look as typefacey as some mm -hmm. of the other, other ones have. <clears throat> now, along with this post, I mean, he posted it on threads, Instagram. It was all over the place. Couldn't, couldn't miss it on February 29th. The uh, caption for this post read as followed. James Gunn posted, quote, Overjoyed to be announcing the start of principal, photogra principal photography on Superman today, February 29th, which just so happens to be, coincidentally and unplanned, Superman's birthday. 
When I finished the first draft of the script, I called the film Superman Legacy. By the time I locked in the final draft, it was clear the title was Superman. Making our way to you July 25th, uh, sorry, July 2025. Happy birthday, Clark. So Superman Legacy is now just being called Superman. Thoughts, Steve, from you? I don't know. It's... I don't want to poo-poo on it and say, like, it sounds like an announcement about nothing. But, like, they're cutting the subtitle that was only there because that's what Gunn thought the subtitle might be. So if they're Mm -hmm. rebooting it and, like, creating a whole new Superman thing, like, is there a legacy? It just seems to make sense that this is, like, starting a new Superman. I agree. Um, I don't know where the term legacy came from. Obviously, I think just guns like you, mind. It was just well, like, no, what that's what I thought mean, it but was. Like, yeah. Right. But like, because we haven't seen, we haven't read the script. We haven't seen the movie yet. We don't know what sense that title would have made. Right. Because we don't know what the story is yet. Um, and I agree with you. It's kind of hard. Like I, I remember when I, when they announced that it was called Superman legacy, I was kind of like, Ooh, what's this legacy going to mean? It's going to have to deal with like his, Kryptonian heritage and his father and Jor-El or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. what's the legacy thing going to be about? Um, but like you said, because it's a reboot and because there's never been a movie that's just called Superman, uh, the original Christopher Reeve Superman movie is called Superman the Movie is the whole title of that movie. Um, obviously, a lot of people drop the movie, but right. officially that's the title of it. So this is the only film that will be called be called Superman. I think it's great. I think it's a great start. Simplifies everything. A lot of times I feel like a subtitle makes people feel like they have to know other things about this movie before they go in, you know, like, because, you know, look at um, just to use Marvel for an example, a lot of their sequels don't have numbers on them. A lot of their sequels just have subtitles. It's not called Captain America 2. It's called Captain America Winter Soldier or Captain America Civil War instead of Captain America 3. You know, they do that with Iron Man is 1, 2, and 3, but... um, I think a lot of times if there's a subtitle, it puts, especially if we're a superhero movie, it puts the thought in someone's head like, oh, can I see Superman Legacy if I haven't seen Superman right. uh, 1 or Prime. whatever, you know? It's like, let's cut all that crap out. This is just Superman. You don't have to know anything else. It's called Superman. Come on in. We'll tell you all about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, and I saw someone else. I can't remember who I saw uh, say this online, but I think it made a very good point that... Uh, calling the movie Superman feels like James Gunn's way of saying, I'm not just making another Superman movie. I'm making the Superman movie. Right. Like kind of like what you said, this is a reboot and not only a reboot, this is a reinvention to a certain degree for certainly cinematically a cinematic reinvention. And according to his plan, it's going to be the Superman that we see for a long time. It's going to be the only Superman that we know about for a long time in live action uh, films anyway. So um, taking all that into consideration, I think it's a really great move um, for sure. And I I like, um, you know, it's strange that a character that had so many, has had so many movies about them. There's never just been a Superman title. Um, But uh the fact that there isn't, I think, um, is working. It works very well for this certain scenario. 
for sure. So I'm all about it. All about it. And now that film is underway filming. Uh, I saw a lot of excitement about it online. And um, I don't know. I feel like there is, Steve, I don't know, you know, not everybody's social media or online experience is the same, clearly. Yeah. Many people's are wildly different. But um, I was wondering if you saw the same amount of like, I, I guess I feel and what I'm seeing, I feel that there is a lot more excitement about this Superman movie than I ever remember seeing about like Man of Steel when that came out or even going back further, like Superman Returns, the Brian right. Singer uh, movie. Like I feel a genuine excitement about this film that I feel like hasn't been around the character even in a while. And I don't, is that something that you yeah. feel as well? I think I think it is, um, and I don't. Maybe that's because there's been so much time off on on the character as a character piece. Like he's yeah. appeared in some of the you know the tail end. He's been a side. He was in a side character in most right. of those. I mean, uh, even movies, even yeah. Batman versus Superman. He's yeah. a side character. Like it's not a yeah. Superman movie. He's uh, a side he's, character in Justice League too. Right. So he should have been leading the team. That's crazy. Well, you would yeah. think. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it seems like I know, I know I have in the past had some apprehension about anything new Superman, just in general. Like, yeah, I, I have always had trouble getting the character just because he is so omnipotent and so omnipresent and powerful. Um, yeah. And I think for like, I don't know what gun is doing or what, what this marketing or this iteration seems to be doing differently, but I'm way more tied in or tapped in than I would have been. Um, yeah. Might just be hanging out with you too much, but <laughs> like it seems, it seems to feel different than it has in the past. And I, yeah. I am seeing that in in various markets and on social media and that. So I don't know. It might also yeah. just be, you know, with the fracturing of Twitter, you also ended up with a little more niche. Like, you know, maybe people on Threads are more positive towards it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that could be true. Yeah, it's all a it's all a weird situation, but that could be true. And now I I think a lot of um, uh, it's an undeniable fact that. And no one is going to restore the Snyderverse. That whole campaign seems to have finally and thankfully uh, right. petered out. I mean, I haven't seen that posted in a long time. Um, something I was getting real sick of hearing. Um, and I think, you know, not, I think that took up a lot of space <laughs> in like the DC nerd ear. And you're like, you know what? We, it's, pretty official now cavill's not coming back ben affleck's not coming back like we can stop talking about this like let's just move on and i think the moving on has allowed yeah uh maybe for people to start talking about like you know what i'm excited about superman and i'm fine that it's not henry cavill and now that no one's gonna yell at me for saying that online like <laughs> i feel more excited i can talk about it freely who knows yeah. who knows um i'm pumped uh july 2025 can't come quick enough for me well i guess that's a weird thing too the whole cavill like i loved the concept of cavill as superman yeah yeah i don't know how much i loved cavill as superman 
but I 100 percent yeah. love the concept of Cabal as Superman. Like he would have been great. Um, in he would have been great script. in in an actual. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Man of Steel is fine. Man of Steel. I think yeah, Man of Steel is a fine movie. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily feel like the Superman that I like, um, but it's a fine Superman movie. There's a lot of great stuff in it. But then, like we just said, he's a side character from then on. And, you know, if they had made a sequel instead of putting him into a shoving him into a Batman movie, then uh, maybe we would have seen something. Yeah. Or maybe he'd still be around. Who knows? Who knows? You could dissect the mistakes that Warner Brothers made with their original DCEU all day long. But we're not going to dwell on the past. We're going to move to the future with James Gunn's Superman movie 2025. And uh, speaking of the future, let's talk about something that happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Even longer than uh, normal, because we're talking about a show called The Acolyte. We Star are. Wars The Acolyte. Coming out this June, I believe. Correct? That's Yeah, that's the rumor. I don't think there's any that's official the date. but No official date. Right. Oh, so, uh, by the way, drop that at some point before we dive into this while we're talking about Star Wars before okay. we forget. I've only watched one episode of season three of The Bad Batch, but my God, that show is great. I've watched two and same thing. So great. I'm watching the first one like I can't believe this is an this is the same series that as Clone Wars, <laughs> you know, right. no, you the, know, like, know what I mean? Spun like, off of, yeah. yeah, it's a spinoff of this show that's like such starts so goofy and like kid related and stuff and like obviously we all know clone wars gets to real star wars levels by the end of it but oh because i'm watching season one right now with my son yeah and yeah it's i watched season, it's a very yeah. different show <laughs> exactly exactly and like the, i'm still wa- i'm watching season four with yeah. my son right now and just like so we watched an episode of season four earlier in the day and then that night i watched bad batch episode one and i was like this is insane yeah. how much like the animation is so much better like they're the way it's crafted the storytelling the like the the visuals in it like the visual storytelling in yeah. it with that like the vials of the blood in the cloning machine and they oh, just yeah. kept like oh my god yeah that whole like, say yeah amazing the- yeah her having to so hide things good. from Omega and that yeah, the whole So good. Yep. And not well one done. of the normal Bad Batch characters, like the crew. Like right. the I mean Omega crosshair, besides Omega. Yeah. It, was, it was yeah, crosshair. But like nobody else was in it even. And yeah. it's I was just like, I don't this is so good. It's yep. so good. I cannot wait to watch more of that show. Yep. So good. So good. So my anyway. my uh, on that tangent, my son has yeah. uh, uh Star Wars animation ADD. Because oh, really? yeah. uh, we keep jumping between like he was watching Young Jedi Adventures and then bounced over to Rebels because he got a chopper toy that mm-hmm. uh, is amazing. By the way, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it depending <laughs> on how you tilt its head, it you it like comes up with all of Chopper's various mannerisms. Oh, amazing! Um, yeah. So it's it's amazing. But uh, so he wanted to watch Rebels to see that, and he yeah. watched probably like he he was getting into it. And like starting to get into the, um, I can't remember. Oh God. He referred to Ezra as something. I think he referred to Ezra as like new Luke or something. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we'll give it to you. But, uh, not wrong there, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Even though they're the same age, uh, almost yeah. to the day. Is that true? I mean, they almost have the same birthday. Ezra was born on empire day. 
And the oh, twins yeah. would have been born right about there. Yeah, you're right. Not too far off. That's so the, they've got to be like yeah. within a couple of days of each other. What? Or not, though, really. I mean, depending on how you interpret the end of Revenge of the Sith, then they would be at the same day. Could be. Like. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to really derail it. So, like, does. Okay, so Yoda fights the Emperor, right? Yeah. And then Yoda escapes uh, with the help of Bail Organa. Right. And then they then they pick up Obi-Wan. Like how long is the time how long is that time frame? Right? Right. I don't think there's there's it's I don't think it's too long before between them picking up Obi-Wan and Padme giving birth. But like uh, Yeah, it can't be Okay. So per Wikipedia, which I will I will hold in high regard because sure. as one does, uh yep. there was a two day gap. So Ezra Bridger was born on Empire Day, and two days later the twins were born. Okay. On okay. Polis Massive, no, I did not know the a... name of the planet that the twins were born on. Polis Massa. They were born on a planet. Weren't they just born on a starship? Uh, a planetoid in a dense asteroid field located in the subterral sector of the galaxy's outer rim territories. All right. Cool. Okay. I learned sure. something today. Um, it also could be the thing like uh, Christmas, where like that's not jesus's real birthday they right. just like picked a, a day that was already a holiday yeah. <laughs> you know oh the pagans celebrate this like, one empire let's day. co-opt it it's fine uh yeah yeah it could be the same thing with empire day where yeah. they're just like oh it was around there somewhere but like you know let's just do the third friday of every month <laughs> or you know something like that yeah um of every month is oh, empire day that was the other thing uh so i like i said he has random like we got through probably seven or eight episodes and then randomly yeah. he's like all right can we watch clone wars Oh, so wow. we skip back to Clone Wars, um, straight to uh, I think I sent you something last night, but Trespass, which yeah. I forgot. Holy shit, that episode! Like yeah, man. that is way deeper than a kid's show should be. And there I'm looking are... at him like watching it, like the the whole tells and uh, whatever race uh, Senator Chuchi is, um, yeah like the the interaction between the chairman and the tails and all that and i'm like he's just sitting there like oh yeah this is a cool animation show and i'm just like this is quite existential holy shit <laughs> yeah when i i mean everyone i think i said this on this podcast months ago when my son and i started watching clone wars but everyone loves to you know talk shit about season one of clone wars being terrible yeah there's some great stuff there's really season some one of clone wars like it comes. It goes back to uh, your expectations about Star Wars when you start watching a new Star Wars thing. Like, oh yeah, you know, you go the first time you watch Clone Wars, you were like, "Ooh, I can't wait to just see nothing." Seven seasons of Anakin and Obi Wan tearing shit up in the Clone Wars. That's not what that show is about. But once you get over that, if you revisit it, you're like, "Oh, there's some great episodes." Yeah, that Trespass one. That's one in the snow, right? In the snowy planet with the yeah, with the tells. Yeah, and they tells, basically yeah, discover yeah. them, and yeah. Right, that they're not just that they have their own culture and stuff, right. and they need to be. Yeah, it's yeah, and the so Pantora, good. it's like a moon of Pantora. Pantorans are the yeah. species I was trying to think of. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's and I, like I remember, I don't remember what episode, but I remember being in season one where, like, Ahsoka and Anakin have to take down 
like a droid ship or something. Yep. And there, Anakin jumps off of the sh- the drop ship that they're on, lands on the ship, cuts a hole in it with his lightsaber so he can get in, and he goes in and starts like crazy killing droids. And then Ahsoka and Rex crash that their ship through the hole that Anakin cut in the ship, and they jump out and start fighting too. I was like that's the coolest thing I've yeah. ever seen. Like <laughs> this is season one of clone wars. Like yep. I forgot about that. This is cool as hell. <laughs> oh yeah. No. And, uh, what was, Oh, uh, Chuchi makes a appearance in the bad batch later on. Uh, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what episode she was in. Cause I remember the name. Raya Chuchi. Promise that we'll get to our actual Star Wars news nah. after we talk about no. <laughs> Steve says no. Steve uh, votes no. Clone conspiracy, truth and consequences, tipping point, and the summit. Oh wow. Cool. Wait, she's not that senator from season two that's trying she is the blue oh, senator. Amazing. Yep. Amazing. Oh wow. Yep. Like watching season up the episode one of season three, I guess I didn't even look to see if it was directed by Dave Filoni. I just assumed that it was. But if that's if that's the way he's directing stuff, then yes, okay, bring him on to live action, please, because that was just so you can tell. Like that episode alone was like this is some of the best directed animation. Oh yeah, that was great uh, in Star Wars that I've seen. It was so good. Yeah. Confined. Anyway, that was directed by Stuart Lee. Stuart Lee, you written, should direct a live action uh, Star Wars film. Written by Jennifer Stuart Corbett. Lee. Jennifer Corbett, you should write a live action Star Wars film. I'm here and I'm saying it here first. She wrote a bunch on Resistance no and is, was the has been the head writer on The Bad Batch. Jennifer, you're doing the Lord's work. Keep it up. <laughs> Keep it up. Yeah, and Lee did a but, bunch um, of Rebel stuff. So. Oh, well. And Clone Wars and, yeah. And Batman. Wow. And Back to the Future, the animated series? Back to the the Future, the animated series? I did not know that existed. Back from when I was a child? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. Wow. Remember when I was at that end of a child in 1991, we didn't have much for cable up there. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the show being particularly good, but I do remember. (laughs) You just remember it it was a show. I think I got a McDonald's uh, Happy Meal toy um, or a few of them. It was on CBS. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. Cool. Well, back then, cartoons only aired on regular channels. There was no right. entire Saturday morning devoted to <laughs> cartoons. Yeah, exactly. Right. Saturday when... morning, and that was it. Well, no, you guys World. had Nickelodeon. We didn't know what that was. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That did not fall into the 24 channels and a deer that I had growing up. <laughs> deer. <laughs> oh, the public access channel was a picture of a deer. The whole time? Just a picture of a deer. That's it? And it would wow. flip over to a notification if there was a notification in the public access channel. Wow. And then back to the deer. <laughs> That's amazing. It was amazing. That. Yep. Welcome oh, to Forestport. Wow. Do you ever, uh, if you need to relax, do you ever just like put up a screensaver of a deer and stare at it? <laughs> like for old times sake? It brings you back. I would love to job. find that picture. Like I can vividly <laughs> yeah. remember that picture. <laughs> and it's like, I wish I could find that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you just put it on as, as a screensaver or whatever on yeah, your just, TV just so you could, like, for old time's sake. It's very yeah. zen. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I'm seven again. Oh, great. <laughs> All right. Do you guys remember 15 minutes ago when I said we're going to talk about the Acolyte? I oh, barely yeah. do. But I think I did. Anyway, 
uh, Amanda Sternberg, star of The Acolyte, they uh, gave an interview this week. Um, someone asked them about The Acolyte, and they said the following uh, description of the show. And I feel like we've gotten only just like tidbits. We know, oh, it's focused on the Sith or like the bad guys. It takes place in the High Republic, so it's like 100 years before Phantom Menace or whatever, but I don't really know what it's about. So really any crumb of information that I can take about this show, uh, I'll take. And so, um, like I said, Amanda Sternberg, uh, they gave this quote uh, this past week. Quote, they said, in the context of the Star Wars universe, it's a time of great peace, theoretically. It's also a time of an institution, and it's a time in which conceptions around the Force are very strict. And I think what we're trying to explore within our show is when an institution has a singular concept of how power can be used. We try to provide a lot of different perspectives and answers to that question. The idea is to kind of honor the ethos of Star Wars and ideas around the Force and also challenge them, hopefully, harmoniously. Now, the easy uh, low-hanging fruit joke to make here is, yeah, great idea, because no one ever gets upset when you challenge the ideas previously set up by Star Wars. <laughs> right. Ask Ryan Johnson. As that may be. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Anyway... So this is inter- from... interesting. She's not, I mean, they're sorry. They're not giving out specific, you know, they're very careful to not name what institution they're talking about there. It's a time of an institution. Um, but this seems like a very thoughtful response and a thoughtful description. Um, but Steve in general, what's your reaction to this quote? How do you feel about it? I'm curious because of yeah. what I know about the high Republic. Uh-huh. So okay. the the High Republic era was, and that's what I was just looking up, was like when it was set. And this, so it was originally like 400 years before Phantom Menace. End of it was about 100 years before Phantom Menace. And apparently okay. that's when this is set is towards the tail end. Towards the end, yeah. So this concept of the High Republic started uh, and like, a lot of the early High Republic stuff was set in, in like they're saying, a time of great peace, uh, no real conflict, nothing, a lot of scientific yeah. advancements, a lot of, like, they had created this giant um, space station called Starlight Beacon. Uh, as you can imagine, what happens when you create a giant space station um, didn't didn't quite last because that peace it's didn't no last. Moon. Yeah. Um, so there was definitely some some rough times after the original High Republic era. So I'm curious sure. if like there's a return to peace before this, or if that was more a descriptor of the original High Republic era, and this will be set differently. Um, yeah. Either or way, we're just gonna we're gonna see how that peace turns into right, you know, less and less peace as so, the show goes on. This show might be telling that story, right? And in in like the i keep wanting to say classic high republic but there's no class it's like in the the other media that the high republic has been uh showcased in um you know the only crossovers we're getting are like uh yoda and obarancesis and uh there was one other jedi master that was on the council that was a species that was that uh, i don't think we saw yaddle 
or we've seen Yaddle yet in the High Republic, but there's still time. We did there's we time. did see her in uh, the Tales of the, Tales of the Jedi. Jedi. So yeah, um, yeah, it's a I I'm very much looking forward to what they're doing with this, and it's gonna be. I think it's a nice way to test out if they can create stuff that feels like star Wars, that isn't the OT or somehow tied into it. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Or the Skywalker saga or tied into it, should I say hundred percent. That's one of the reasons that I'm very excited about this. Actually, um, this is what I loved about the old comics. Like one of my favorite runs of the old comics was the legacy uh, run, right? which was a hundred years after the Skywalker saga. Yeah. And yes, Kate Skywalker still was dealing with a lot of baggage about that last name, but it sure. was, you know, it was very different and this should feel very different, but the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what makes me excited about it. Um, uh, I mean that institution they're talking about, I'm a, I jumped to that being the Jedi, the, an institution of the Jedi and because they're playing a villain, then to them, the Jedi are the villains. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. I said villain twice in the same sentence. But, um, you know, I, they're, how they interpret the Jedi would be an arrogant, um, all-powerful institution with a singular conception of how the Force can be used. See, but that's the thing is in the High Republic era, that wasn't necessarily the case. And maybe oh, as okay. we're getting towards the end of the High Republic era, that's what's that's happening, and that's what they're yeah. fighting against. Because like Cause the, that's kind of how I interpret like the Jedi Council and stuff in the prequels. It's oh, hundred percent. Like, we know this works, and it works because it's been working for a hundred years, and so this is the way. This is the only way that we can do this. Right. You know? Look at look at all of Samuel Jackson's lines in the prequels. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And how they are wary of Anakin, and you know, and then even in the or wary of uh, uh, Qui-Gon. Yeah. Because he yeah, wanted to sure. do things differently. Yeah. And then they can't even drop it in uh, Empire when yeah. Yoda and Ben are just training Luke the exact same way that they trained everybody else. Like, yo, it already didn't work. Like, you should you should know different than this. And which, now which Luke then is in falling turn, into Luke, the same thing. Exactly. Then Luke falls in the same trap. Yes, exactly. It the all jet. makes sense. It all makes sense. Oh, my God. The Bad, bad Batch is start is doing is starting to lay ground for fixing plot holes in rise of skywalker you know like that's yeah. what they're doing yeah yeah i hate it i know <laughs> but i kind of <laughs> love it too and i kind of love it i was like because i was watching it I, it, it I, still I won't make loud, it a good movie but it will make things slightly no. make more sense hey same with uh some of those prequels like well I I, in all honesty Wars plugs holes right. but i don't know that it, it doesn't improve acting and writing no you know no it like doesn't yeah. but yeah, yeah. It, that's uh, that's 100 percent it like the clone wars made my prequel experience much better yeah yeah so yeah i and actually I'm, i had to explain that to my wife yesterday when we were when he was watching some of the clone wars and we're sitting there and we're watching it and she's like so this happens when and i went through the whole thing i was like yeah, yeah. she's like well anakin like because in the other thing I didn't explain was that season one of the Clone Wars weirdly doesn't happen in chronological order, which I know the really whole thing's weird. weird. Like yeah. Disney should just have an option to be like, "Hey, watch this in chronological." 
I know there. If you look online, there's a way to watch them. I I did order. that the last rewatch I did, and it made oh, way nice. more sense. Yeah. Um. Okay. But I also know that my son would not like jump around, so it's yeah, just like, same. all right, let's go through it. And you get it because you remember whatever. Like, oh, yeah. oh, I haven't seen a Saj Ventress in you know a season. Oh, we just but saw, I remember her. We just saw so. a great us the Saj episode. So yeah, so did we. Um, yep. the oh god, they need to do Dark Disciple as a some yeah Ooh. never mind. Um, but yeah, I was uh, talking to my wife about how Anakin Anakin's arc between two and three makes way more sense because of Clone Wars. Yeah. 100%. She's like, how does it Absolutely. all fit in that in that like 2 to 3 year span going from where he was a I mean from a kid to what we right. see in like headstrong idiot in episode yeah, 2 yeah. Yeah. to Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I'm like I should be I, a master. I'm yeah. a master and a Sith Lord in episode 3, but right. like the beginning of Clone Wars, he's still this guy that's just following Obi-Wan and Yeah. It's like Yeah they they show the i was like it trust me it it works they plug those holes yeah they make it work now the only thing that doesn't work is that ahsoka goes from i i never thought about this until this moment ahsoka goes from snips to like the ahsoka that we start seeing in other media in two to three years yeah it's uh it's a it's a real quick there's this one episode where she's dressed differently and drawn differently. Right. And you're like, Oh, she looks older. Did she age three years between the last time I saw right. her and now? I don't know. <laughs> In just, the last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's what yeah. two, is it two or three years between Sith and Jedi? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Or clones and, and Sith rather. And I'm doing the thing where my son, I wanted my, my son to get a little older before I showed him revenge of the Sith. He's seen four five and six and one and two. Okay. But Revenge of the Sith is pretty dark. And so I was like, well, Clone Wars is the perfect kind of bridge mm-hmm. to let him prepare himself, you know, get a little older so he can handle that movie. Um, so he's watching Clone Wars before he'll watch Revenge of the Sith. So he's going to have a completely different experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, like that you and I had or people of our generation who Clone Wars didn't exist when Revenge of the Sith came out. Um So I'm at least like, you know, I may not love that movie, but I'm setting my son up to appreciate it much more appreciate it more than i do exactly yeah and people say i'm a people see i don't i don't i don't like the prequels but i love that people love the prequels and i want like you know if i I can help my son love something then great great see i'm not so anti-prequel that i'm gonna like train my that's what i'm trying to say i get a lot of hate for hating the prequels i'm just saying i'm not passing it along huh all right I will still pass my Rise of Skywalker hate on to anyone. Okay. All right. Well, I'll be there. I'll sneak word to your to your son and get in his ear about how good it is. I'll teach him that it's a masterpiece. Oh, by the time he watches it, I'll have tried on New Year's like fifteen times to watch it and still hate it. So Hey, you never know. One year it might just click for you and be like, (laughs) Hey, you know what? Kinda liked it this time. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) You never know. All right, that was probably the longest and deepest Star Wars tangent we've done in quite some time. Yeah, and we even I brought it back that. around to the Akalit. We even brought it back around. But now, here's another thing that we never talk about. No, or, no. Sorry, we never tangent about. 
hold on we still had one more piece of star oh wars that's right news. you yeah that's right we added a star wars thing okay, yeah because well <laughs> a lot of that the only reason i wanted to add it in is because we were very excited about it when we heard about it and then we were relatively indifferent about it when we heard it was a first person game yeah but uh the mandalorian um first person shooter or rpg or whatever whatever it was. uh that respawn was uh going to be developing for electronic arts has officially been canceled uh so one more reason to dislike ea for various other things if you're in the gaming sphere um they're not notoriously a phenomenal developer i mean they make a boatload of money but um not very i don't really like anything they end up doing from a company company or development standpoint um and yeah i don't know mike thoughts on us missing out on a possible um, I, I don't think it was ever confirmed it was the mandalorian but a mandalorian based yeah uh I don't first know. person shooter I, similar to what i said when we were talking about the indiana jones game being first person um like if you have a character that looks distinct and looks cool like a mandalorian or indiana jones like why do you make a first person because then i can't i don't ever see the character that i am like you have yeah. a very cool design cool looking and cool design for character and you're not using it that's a waste of time. So I, I don't know. I think there's other there's other Star Wars games in development and other video games in general that I'm more excited about than the Mandalorian game. So um, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, I guess. That's a bummer. But, like, you know, I, I didn't see anything from it. It wasn't, I don't know, it, you know, first-person shooters aren't really my thing anyway, so. Yeah, I think I, uh, Outlaws think is really still fun. coming out, so that's good. Yeah. That's coming exactly. out this year. Outlaws and they... I think they confirmed that a uh, third Jedi uh, game is in development. Um, no title yet, but yep. like set up Jedi Survivor sequel. Um, also, real quick, uh, Star Wars video game related. I read this week that this is not much of a story, but apparently um, uh, Saber Interactive, the developer that was working on Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, or the remake mm-hmm. of that game, um, they used to belong to Embracer Group, I guess, and they uh, have separated from that and I, I seemingly embracer group was something that was holding back the game from being worked on or worked on at full capacity um, but now that developer is out from underneath embracer and uh, confirmed that as of right now uh, that knights of the old republic remake is still in development future may not be completely solid however it is still being worked on so right. that's something yeah, and there's still that uh, eclipse that was for better or for worse the Quantic Dream. Oh yeah. Uh, for That's all the right. problems of Quantic Dream, that was definitely still in development. Last I heard. Um, yeah, I forgot because that trailer was wild, and then I yeah. haven't heard one word about it. So hmm. yeah, fun times. All our fun around. times. Anyway, let's stop ranting about Star Wars and start ranting about Spider Man. Possibly we never talk about that either. We never talk about Spider-Man. We never rant about Sony or anything. Thomas Hayden Church this week. Uh, the guy that you may know him from uh, playing Sandman, Flint Marco in Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man No Way Home. Spoiler alert. Um, he gave an interview this week. He was asked about returning to the Spider-Man franchise as Sandman. And he said this wild wild thing 
quote, there's been some rumors that they might ask me to do another Spider-Man and I would do it tomorrow. You know, they've never asked me to show up in another movie, another Marvel film. But, you know, I think Sam, meaning Sam Raimi, I think Sam is going to do another Spider-Man with Toby, meaning Toby Maguire. Right. And that's the one that, uh, you know, they had an option for me to do Spider-Man 4 when there was going to be a Spider-Man 4. Uh, they had an option for me to come back. So if it happens, that would be fantastic. So Thomas Hayden Church is saying that he thinks Sam Raimi is making Spider-Man 4 with Tobey Maguire. Cool. Steve, what do we think about this? Do we think this is true? If it is true, do we want it? I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not clamoring for... Yeah. I'm not clamoring for Spider-Man 4, but if they make a good movie, I'm cool with it. Sure. Like, why not? I think... I think after the success of uh, combining Spider-Verse movies and Spider-Man No Way Home, yeah, I think Sony started throwing a bunch of shit at the wall. And yeah, there, I'm sure sense. that there's a, I'm sure there's a whiteboard in Sony somewhere with a bunch of different titles and Spider-Man ideas written on them. And I'm sure that they have talked about at some point having Sam Raimi come back and doing Spider-Man four after the reception that Toby got from appearing in No Way Home. Yeah. Okay. So I can certainly see Thomas Hayden Church hearing wind of this when it's not even really close to being in development. Who knows? I can also see Sony being like, yo, we're cranking out all these shitty villain movies. We got to do something. We got to do something yeah. that we can do outside of our contract with Disney. Yeah. So I think if Sam Raimi wanted to come back and make another Spider-Man movie in 2024, five, six. Yeah. As long as he was free to make it the way he wanted to make it, the way he made the first and second Spider-Man movie without studio interference. Um, then I think he would probably crush it. Yeah. I think he's, it's, you know, the, the length of time he's been away from it, the experience he, you know, he kind of got back into the superhero mode with multiverse of madness. So that was a lot of studio. That was a studio movie as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, if they give him the reins, like on those first two Toby movies and let him cook and we get a cool, another Sandman story or a cool vulture story, like he was going to, the rumor he's going to do with, uh, Ben Kingsley or John Malkovich or something like, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe may, if he makes that script, if he writes a new script, I don't know. I got a feeling that if he wanted to do this, he would crush it. Now, I the what I don't believe is that Tobey Maguire wants to be another Spider-Man. That is hard, way harder for me to. Believe. I think Tobey Maguire could probably use a paycheck, and a Spider-Man movie is a guaranteed paycheck. That is true. That is a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, that's the cynic in me, but it's also like, yeah, I don't know. It seems like, you know, yeah. Toby's not getting any younger. I mean, and he came back for No Way Home, so who knows? Right. Yeah. Ah, uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man doing whatever a spider can out there. That he is. Um, Moving into comics, you got a review? I do. 
I have uh, the, I guess, I don't want to call it a cult classic or cult hit. Uh, I Don't call it a comeback. Been here all night. Um, Beneath the trees where nobody sees. Ooh, I remember hearing about that title. I don't know anything about it. So it's, uh, well, uh, the, you know, um, AIPT, I can't remember what it used to stand for, uh, the comics blog there. Uh, yes. Um, can't remember yeah, crap, but, uh, they're, uh, right on the cover. Great psychological horror. Ooh, psychological horror. With, and I, I will add to this with anthropomorphic animals. Okay. So usually that loses me, but the art and stylistic uh, nature of it is just oh man, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Patrick, I think it's Patrick Horvath. Uh, yep, Patrick Horvath writ writ. He wrote and uh, drew the uh, the wonderful little cartoon that we're we're reading here. Oh man. Um, about a bear and a community and the bear has a dark little secret uh, that's very dare I say Dexter-esque oh okay um, and I think I think that was the original cover the, the original A cover oh wow that's amazing dragging a bloody sack yeah so it, it it's it's definitely got a twist to it. It definitely feels more disconcerting when um, it's fuzzy little animals that are. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, my, my initial reaction to first your description and then even when you showed me the art, I mean, the art is radically different. Yeah. But it's reminding me of dwellings. Exactly. That was going to be. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, but, I mean, the art is more like a early Winnie the Pooh story or something than, <laughs> right. or like, you know, like a watercolors kind of children's book than uh, a Casper, the friendly ghost comic book, but uh-huh. um, same kind of thing. where like sweet, soft, cute, unthreatening art, but the material is ho- uh, harrowing. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's, that's about spot on. Um, yeah. It, I would 100% recommend it. It was great. Uh, it's gotten oh, wow. rave reviews. Um, first issue leaves you on a cliffhanger that is uh, fitting. It isn't like too over the top cliffhanger, sure. but it, it leaves you where you want to. You're like, huh, I wonder where this is going to go. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it very, yeah, Dexter meets Dwellings meets, I don't know, Bears. Nice. <laughs> meets cute forest creatures yeah. cool awesome i have issue one alien black white and blood nice yeah man uh this is a um three three short uh short story of anthology there's three stories in this uh one is a part one so um check out issue two for the part two um a bunch of different creators colin kelly jackson lansing michael dowling on art stephanie phillips um Ryan Katie, a lot of cool uh, writers and artwork. And this was great. Nice. This was great. If you're, um, I would say that it's more for existing fans of the Alien franchise. This does not okay. really 
it assumes that you that you know what a xenomorph is you know all the problems with it you know the issues there's no you know you got to walk in having seen multiple alien films probably right. to fully get it um uh, so, but other than that, if you are a horror fan, if you are a fan of the Alien franchise, this was a lot of fun because nice. I feel like a lot of times I picked up Alien, uh, like full issue Alien books, like they, you know, a couple of those number ones that they started in the last five years or whatever. Yeah. I've gotten those, and or maybe in a couple issues of it, but it's like sometimes it takes a while for them to get to what they're getting to, and. I get why they want to do that because the first two alien films really do that. They really kind of draw this long opening or their slow build to this crazy third act. Um, So I get doing that, but in comic form, sometimes you just want like a quick hit of a xenomorph murdering some people. And that's what you get in this, in all three of these short stories. They're just really cool. They cut right to the chase. Um, Artwork across the board. uh, Pretty great terrifying i mean different artists oh, yeah. for every issue but great. um yeah and it, it uh it's a franchise that really kind of lends itself to oh, i like that one's great um it's like the black white and blood style oh, yeah. yep 100%. Um, so because, yeah, yeah similar can... to how uh how vader kind of worked perfectly yeah. with it yeah absolutely um you know, because you can certainly depict a xenomorph in just black and white and then red accents just make it terrifying. So, yeah. You can depict the thing um, that's black and white in black and white quite that In black and white, exactly, yeah. You can so, also depict, you know, I'm surprised there's not a Venom one out. There probably is. Why? Yeah. There was a, wasn't there like a Carnage? There might have been a Carnage. But crazy, yeah, they should do a Venom one. Well, I don't know. They're they're hitting anti-hero really hard on Venom that is true. for the, a while, so they probably don't want to been him backwards of which i'm like currently... punisher oh yeah yeah i'm currently reading through uh well we talked about i'm currently doing uh superior spider-man yeah and uh yeah that's that's i forgot the whole flash thompson agent venom as an avenger oh sure yeah so yeah that's uh yeah they, they lean they lean into it hard and they're still still yeah. leaning i would love it if they just decide to make him a villain again somehow that'd be cool yeah i I guess the problem is at this point where it's like you kind of almost have to have a it be a different symbiote yeah so but then it's a different symbiote i want i want venom to be doing the badness you know what i mean right well and i guess like agent venom was only because flash was able to control the symbiote yeah so maybe I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, how's your 1000 comics goal going, buddy? Good. Any quick update on that. Quite good. We're, uh, we are at one, one forty seven. Oh, okay. So, uh, decent, uh, decently strong week. Ended up hitting, uh, hitting a bunch of superior Spider-Man, uh, got into the goblin war portion of it which is uh it's wild um <laughs> sounds like it would be yeah so that's that's been uh been quite the quite the hit there uh also sorry i'm trying to find uh, on leap day i did read issues one and two of all-star superman oh um, cool for posterity's sake because you know i had to um, I was just thinking while we were talking about while you were talking about Superman at the beginning of the show, yeah. 
now you don't have like a tie to it. I was like, I'm definitely done with my Superman books. Well, he has to, he has to read these. He'll need to read them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know you're not a huge fan of all-star, but, uh, it, I have the trade over there cause I got it on half off at yeah. uh, funky town. One, one hit. Nice. So, uh, nice. I was like, ah, what the hell? Give it a go. Well, you know what, Steve, I admittedly, I see it as a fault in myself that I have read all-star Superman twice and not, uh, loved it. Uh, but I've read it digitally, as I've said before, and mm-hmm. I ordered it for I I asked for it for Christmas, and they I have so I own a copy of it. Okay, so I am going to give it a third try in print, in physical. Yep. So all you physical does Superman, hit different. It does. Yeah, it's different. It is I'm, different. All all the superior I'm reading on Marvel Unlimited, and it's like it's they hit they hit good, but they're not. I don't know. It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. And then like in the Superman is Grant Morrison. So he, it's always a little out there. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, he's, and it's, it's more cosmic. Like he kind of leans into the, um, you know, the space part of Superman a lot. Right. Uh, and you know, and you'll see as he goes along. Um, but anyway, I'm giving it a shot. Superman fans, comic fans. Don't, uh, don't run me out of town. There I'm, you go. I'm, I'm doing what I can do. Uh, anyway, kept going with avengers twilight which is still cooking with gas that is awesome. chips that's chip sadarsky at his finest nice. um you know, i heard that his batman run has gotten a lot better is it yeah, yeah this is I, like my brain is like we're we're teetering on quality wise like zadarsky daredevil type quality oh, damn. so wow okay uh and this is through three issues so it is what it is yeah. at this point but i'm like he's really he's really cooking on this um nice. and it's a concept that you know you you hear or you see but it's like i don't know if it's ever been executed quite like this so yeah right yeah it's mm, uh that's great it, issue three they're breaking into the raft oh cool like cap and uh, kamala cool. and yeah uh so also the x-books dead x-men resurrection of magneto 2 which was great um invincible iron man cable uh, Wolverine, the Sabretooth War, uh, still going there. Uh, Throne Alliances 2, and uh, I did pick up, and I have not read Spider-Punk Arms Race. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I remember seeing that on the shelf. Yeah. Cool, cool. I was like, uh, Cody Ziegler, might as well give it a go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nice. So you got a good week ahead of you for comics. What else is coming out this week in your local comic book store? Speaking of aliens, we got Aliens What If? number one i didn't realize they were doing a what if with aliens but that's pretty awesome antarctica number nine avengers number 11 batman number 145 scooby batman scooby-doo mysteries number three birds of prey number seven blue beetle number seven captain america number seven daredevil gang war number four giant size spider gwen one jennifer blood battle diary number four kneel before zod number three ms marvel Menace number 20, Sensational She-Hulk 6, Shazam number 44, Superman 78, The Metal Curtain number 5, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Lost Ronin 2, Re-Evolution 1. Strange title, but you get it. Yeah. Uh, Thanos number 4, The Batman First Night number 1, The Fog number 1, The Spectacular Spider-Men number 1, Ultimate X-Men, Venom 31, Weapon X-Men number 1, and X-Men 32. Steve, you are highlighting the Batman first night. 
Um, the hyphen is what... you're curious as to the, why it is bat hyphen man, yes. first knight with a K. Yeah, because my brain immediately yeah. goes to Spider-Man, and there's a hyphen there for a reason. So is that the case with the Batman first night? I don't know. I don't know at all. I'm anxious to see what you're finding, huh. <laughs> if you're finding anything. It, the art looks like it might be. Um, huh? I don't know. He, yeah, he looks a little clawy, and I don't know. It looks very noir. Oh, Gangsters cool. and shit. Okay. Whoa, damn. Okay. Hmm. Weird. Weird. Well, that's cool. Then maybe it's like, yeah, like a Victorian Jekyll and Hyde thing. Yeah. You know? Uh, That'd be cool. Spectacular Spider-Man is going to be the return of Miles and uh, Peter all in the same book. Awesome. Uh, Momoko's X-Men, Ultimate X-Men should be good. Uh, yeah. I, I still don't know enough about Momoko as a writer. Her art is going to be great. Sure. I just don't know, you know, what she's got writing chops wise. So we'll, we'll see yeah. how that goes. Um, yeah. The, yeah, I think the only thing I read from her was that one star Wars visions that she did. That was fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, weapon X-Men does not intrigue me at all. What is know. the, um, so that's that. uh a bunch of wolverine variants oh yeah no I'm not that yeah um but Clever title yeah oh yeah uh last round of revolution number one if we couldn't figure out a different title i'm mildly disappointed but that's the best we yeah. got so uh we're gonna go with it because that if yeah it's gonna be good um and then neil before yeah. Zod one and two were good so I don't I know, was wondering I don't if, know if I'll grab three or not. That. Awesome. It, I think it all depends on the size of the stack that Jesse hands me from my pull. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what I've been, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll you see. You are deep in the rabbit hole, my friend. Yeah. I. Yeah. The, the, the <laughs> thousand. It's like, a, it's like a chicken and the egg. Like, yeah. th- thankfully, these books, it's not like they're expensive as shit or anything. So it's like, right. okay, uh, right. getting a couple couple books here and there is fine. Uh, they add up. Oh, they do. They like, you're throwing, throwing 20 or 30 bucks at your local comic shop every week. You're like, uh, okay. Yeah, easy. Yeah, that's so, a lot. So almost yeah. like an addiction. Weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> almost like I told myself I was going to read a thousand of these damn things for some reason. <laughs> yep. Almost like that. Almost. So, you know what I'm uh, mildly... What? No, I, there's no good segue there. Uh, I was going to say I was shots? addicted to, but I'm not addicted to them. They're just awesome. Uh, when you were a kid, you probably were. I was yeah. I was addicted to the Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. So, uh, at, oh, another sidebar. This morning, my son and I finished TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Oh, on, cool. Uh, the... the video game there that's like yeah like the old uh you remember the ninja turtles arcade game the side scroller yeah the side scroller yeah, yeah the like best. final yeah. fight or uh what was it was it final fight or whatever like that i don't remember streets of yeah. rage and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh <laughs> so they put a new one of those out for all of the systems and it was free on the, oh, the playstation um whatever the playstation monthly thing is store what yeah uh, plus yeah so it was free on there and I was like, yeah, we'll give it a shot. And it was just a fun, you know, button mash, beat them up. Uh, oh, that's great. Turtles thing. So we finally beat that this morning. 
just in time to hear the news that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, uh, is officially getting a sequel and getting a release date October 9th, 2026. So we did not see our everybody's favorite shiny sharp tin can uh, in the first Mutant Mayhem. Uh, He's in that post-grad scene. True. Very true. But uh, not in the movie proper. Right? Yeah, he was not the main villain or anything along those lines. Um, yeah. But it uh, it is confirmed that Shredder will be the main villain. So uh, also a hundred times scarier than Superfly, per the director Jeff Rowe. Whoa! So Superfly is pretty scary. A giant monster at the for, end, anyway. Especially, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The whatever amalgamation thing that was. Look at my feet. We're made of horses. <laughs> this is my favorite line in that movie. So good. Uh, it was such a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. I yeah, I'm definitely um, excited that they're uh, that they're far enough along they can announce a release date. Um, yeah. And obviously, yeah, animation takes a long time. So, you know, 2026. Uh, of course, I would rather see it next year, but I would rather see a good movie right. two years from now. So, um, last one shot, last story of the night. We got a final trailer this week for Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire. Um, movie comes out March 22nd. This movie seems to tease that we're getting the return of a lot of old ghosts or ghosts that they have previously caught. So it looks like we're just getting more blasts of nostalgia from the Ghostbuster franchise. After Uh, the first one, isn't that all it's been for the last 40, 30 years? Yeah, I'm sure I will see this movie in theaters and I want to like it. I really want to like it. Um, but it doesn't feel the same to me. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it just kind of feels like they're trying too hard. But that's just me. I know. Th- I know. There's a lot of people that are super hyped for this movie, and I'm happy for them. If you're one of them, I'm very happy for you, and I hope it's great. I hope you love it. I am. I'm just slightly dubious. So I didn't dubious. see the trailer. Uh, who are they bringing back? Well, that's the thing. They didn't really show anybody. Oh. I think we saw. I think Slimer might have been in the original trailer or one of the first trailers okay but it's just like it shows like the containment unit shaking and smoking and the uh, okay. like every ghost they've ever faced or something like gotcha in giant letters i was like okay we'll see a gozer the gozerian you know yep yeah. apparently there's a uh, amc slimer popcorn bucket is it as insane as the dune uh sandworm popcorn bucket it looks like it about? is yeah. <laughs> do you have to put your hand in Slimer's mouth yep, to get the popcorn you do. out? <laughs> yep. Oh, that's yep. so gross. <laughs> no, it would be even grosser is if they found a way to like make it a uh like a sheet that you had to like punch through to Yeah. Like the oh, actual yeah. slime. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah no that that thing looks like yeah the, uh, the outside of the cup is also slimer's entire body yeah gross and you have to hold on to it the entire time yeah, <laughs> yeah well steve's uh... yawning so that tells me that we should probably uh i guess wrap things up <laughs> yeah why not um why not i'm just sorry i'm stuck in awe of this uh oh there's a mini you can't stop staring at Oh, no, I keep popcorn. finding more things. There's a mini Stay Puff Marshmallow Man sipper cup to be available at AMC Theaters. Wow. And uh, AMC also has a popcorn tub that is the trap. 
which is that's cool. awesome looking. That's cool. Like, I'm into that. I would love that. I would love to eat popcorn out of a Ghostbusters trap. A hundred percent. Um, yeah. Either way, uh, if you around us. if you find a way to uh, eat any popcorn out of a trap, feel free to let us know via email <laughs> at themultiverseatgmail.com. Find us on the socials at the Multiverse Report. Uh, usually Threads or Blue Sky at this point. Um, beyond yeah. that, you can uh, check us out uh, at the website themultiversereport.com. Otherwise, I think I covered everything except leaving us a review. So, yeah, if you uh, if you would like to do that, please uh, leave us a review. Uh, the Multiverse Report on Apple Podcasts, or uh, if you would like to as well, you can leave us some uh, comments or whatnot over on the YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And if you give us a five star review, we will read it on the air. And if you give us a five star review and part of that review is a recipe, we will make that food item and eat it while we're doing the podcast. Right. Unlike one of our five star reviews from Sunnyside Up Double Zero uh, that noted that uh, he has a recipe. He's just not provided it. it. Didn't provide it. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah, all that. Uh, very last thing, um, this past Friday, I put out a new uh, solo album uh, called Statues and Stones. Um, yes, I'm not just a nerd that talks about nerdy stuff. I also am a songwriter. And I do a There's also a nerdy sings about nerdy stuff. I'm all, yeah, it's true. I do have a couple nerdy <laughs> albums and many songs. Um, but uh, I do a February songwriting album writing challenge every year, 14 songs during the month of February. And my new one is out now on my Bandcamp page, carolskid.bandcamp.com. It's carol with a K, carolskid.bandcamp.com. Statues and Stones, you can find all my other stuff there too. But um, uh, if you like listening to me, hear me talk, and you think, I wonder what he sounds like singing, you can go and listen to me uh, do that on that album on that page. Go check it out. And, it's uh, uh, it's like he sounds talking, but much more melodic. Yes. Yep. Like this with a melody. Yeah. Picture it. But, you know, still prove it to yourself and go listen to that album that I'm telling you about. For sure. <laughs> and also, thank you for letting me tell you about it in a platform that it's not related to. Um, but other than that, I'm going to go. Steve, you good? Good All here. set? Yeah. Syracuse Collectors Con, March 16th and 17th. We'll see you there. And until then, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse.